D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Hales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Darren and I recording on a Thursday morning. So sad this morning, Darren, following a San Diego loyal loss. And Chelsea exiting Champions League in a devastating fashion. I did not see that one coming. I thought Chelsea would come back in Munich. I was wrong, Darren. I was wrong. Yeah, no joy in Loserville here as uh, SD Loyal gets shut out at home. Poor Chelsea. Wait a second, though. Padres lose. What about Barca getting through Napoli? Are we just going to pretend like one half of this podcast isn't still interested in Champions League? Darren, I do not care about Barcelona Football Club. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I care about the people who support Barcelona Football Club, but I do not care that you got through Napoli. Uh, that would be Football Club de Barcelona. Uh, however, do meant. you care? Do you want to at least watch the club that eliminated your club go ahead and win? Does that matter to you at all? Like I've always thought, hey, if the team that I support is going to get knocked out, I then want to feel like I've lost to the best team. And a lot of people take that the complete opposite direction. They're like, oh, my club lost. The team I support loses. So fuck that team that knocked us out. I want them to lose as quickly as possible. For me, I'm always like, no, I can feel better about myself knowing that I lost to the eventual champ. It really, really? helped me sleep last year when Liverpool won the Champions League. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they threw a parade <laughs> in Barcelona <laughs> as a part of the title, as part of champions for, uh, you know, the team you that know, beat them it, actually it, going on to yeah. win. It made my trip to Madrid last summer for the Champions League final that much more enjoyable, knowing that it was Liverpool that won and not Tottenham, because otherwise it would have felt like, God, we lost to a club that lost in the final? What? What is that? That felt even worse. So, yeah. yeah well, I, I, I'm going to fly out to London, Darren. I will fly out to London. I'm going to go to the parade when Bayern Munich go on win Champions League. They get through <laughs> Barca. They, they knock down the mighty PSG and uh, whoever they play in the final. And then I'm going to fly to London, and I'm going to celebrate Chelsea's co-championship. Okay. Well, hey, whatever helps you sleep at night. Like I said, <laughs> losing the Roma a couple of years ago was fucking awful. Like, what? Roma? What? <laughs> That's like garbage. Oh, I hear about, like, Jekko, whoever was on that club. I mean, losing to a proper club, I can, I can live with it. It's disappointing as it is, but. Still, uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe we're both in the same club by the end of the week. Maybe we've both been eliminated by Bayern Munich. We can go to London when we're allowed to travel, and then we'll just hop across to Barcelona. Sign me up. I'm down. I'm just, <laughs> dude, I will tell you, I'll actually admit this on the podcast. You know what I found? Like, I stumbled into this random collection on YouTube of videos. Of, I forget the company. And it really doesn't even matter. But someone like records their walking tours where they go around all these like very famous cities in the world. And it's just like these two hour videos of like really well done, like really nice cameras. So uh, I'm, I'm so bored at home since we're all in a quarantine. I, I feel like I'm visiting all these wonderful cities by throwing on these YouTube videos on television in the background during the day. We're like, oh, look, I'm, I'm back in Rome for a few minutes. I'm in London. Here I am in Barcelona. Um, it's that's been my life the last couple of weeks. That's my latest during the during the quarantine. I like it. Well, give it a plug. I mean, I've got some free time on my hands. I, I, I honestly don't on. remember. I'll send you a link though. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. It's pretty good. Oh um, God, so I wish I could start? travel. God, I miss traveling. Yeah, we traveled to Torero Stadium last night. I saw the craziest thing at Torero Stadium last night. Um, I was walking up the ramp. There's a ramp right behind where the video board is at Torero Stadium. 
Um, there's a ramp that goes up. It's where the players are for San Diego Loyal, where they have the tent set up. Not normally where they are, but obviously with our current setup, that's where they're they're hanging out. That's where set, they're setting up camp. I'm walking up, and there's a there's a few items up there. There's a there's a porta potty. There's a few huge bins that may be mistaken as trash cans that are actually filled with ice and maybe a few adult beverages, stone. Um, and there's other things up there. I was walking up there to go up to the stands to, to watch the match. And as I'm walking up, I see a raccoon coming oh. down the hill. And like you hear, you hear something in the bushes. There was a security guard over there and he was filming the bushes and there was, you couldn't see anything, but you could hear something. I'm like, well, I hear it too. And he's filming. So like, what's going on? So he got my attention. Right. So I walk over there and all of a sudden like this raccoon jumps out of the bush and he goes over and he's going right to the beer cooler. <laughs> straight to the bush. I'm like, this is the smartest animal in the world. He knew exactly where to go. All these breweries are closed right now. And he's like, there's a huge, <laughs> huge cooler of beer. This is the jackpot. And I watched this raccoon navigate itself through the bushes all being filmed, like did not care about the security guard and his camera with the flash on, did not even mind. He was locked in. He wanted beer. It was amazing to watch last night. He scored you know, a beer. Yeah, come to think of it, the uh, the beer supply post-match was a little low. So, you know, that thieving uh, varmint probably ran off with a couple of Buena Vesas from Stone Brewing. Yeah, uh, raccoons are nothing to mess around with, man. They are bold. Like, they are don't they? just hide. Yeah, they are, and it's – a bit worrisome when they're that bold, when you actually have a professional sporting event happening just a couple of yards away, a uh, security guard with a bright light camera, and, of course, the imposing figure of Jordan Carruth, and this sucker still went after the beer. I mean, that's pretty bold from these raccoons, man. I don't know what's happening in this pandemic, but I feel like wildlife is, is upping its game. Yeah. I, do you think people are seeing through this story? Do they think the story's fake? And then they're like, Jordan and Darren are like taking a bunch of beer home and now they're blaming it on this raccoon in the middle of the <laughs> I swear, I swear, I, there's video. Like, ask the security guard. He filmed it. I promise you he has video. But I watched a raccoon try to take some beer last night. It was incredible. He almost scored. Loyal did not score last night. Raccoon did a better job of scoring last night. Than yeah, ready to go. Maybe he should uh, start the next match against Phoenix. Maybe. We're going to need goals against Phoenix. <laughs> All right, let's start with this. <laughs> We've already started with Champions League. I want to talk about Lloyd. That's where we were last night. We did a post-match show, but I feel like you, we interview a, the, the man of the match on the post-match show, and it's just like instant quick reaction. Darren and I are able to go home, watch highlights, kind of gather our thoughts, and uh, kind of recap it. Here we are just less than 24 hours away from that match. So do you feel any different than you did last night? No, uh, I don't. As a matter of fact, I feel worse. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they played, Loyal did so well, and they did so many things, and I could back up everything I'm saying by boring everybody with a bunch of statistics about possession and about shots and about corner kicks, and none of it really matters because all that matters is the final scoreline, and that, of course, was San Diego Loyal nil and Orange County Soccer Club 2. But uh, it, it, I felt like it was the best performance, certainly over a stretch of 60 minutes that we have seen, in my opinion, Jordan. We've seen every minute for this club. Best performance by far in their seven-match history. And to have one fluky, unlucky flick 
from a loyal player turned into an Orange County goal, and the 65th minute just changed everything and took all the air out of the balloon, and it was a very, very frustrating night. It was frustrating, a 1-1 draw against Lights on March 7th, but hey, it was inaugural night, right? Like Everybody's excited, and it's a big party. It was frustrating against LA Galaxy to lose at home 1-0, It was a very flat performance. We talked about that. It was early on. You're still getting back into the rhythm of the return. But last night was one where I really felt like, gosh, like that score didn't tell the story. At least it didn't tell the whole story of the match. For me, it felt like uh, pressure kept building on San Diego um, the more and more the match went on. And especially with all the chances that they did create in the first half, like four or five legitimate, really good chances to score. I thought Loyal were unlucky not to come away with a goal first half at least one goal but I thought the pressure continued to build because they weren't scoring and it's clearly the storyline with Loyal um, not scoring enough goals not getting enough points at home and so it felt like pressure kept building and building and building and for me after watching the highlights again this morning I thought one of the biggest moments in the matches came in the 51st minute and to me it might have even been the difference because it added so much more pressure And almost started to deflate the balloon a little bit before it was completely deflated about 10 minutes later when Orange County scored. And the moment I'm talking about in the 51st minute is when Colin Martin has it and a clear chance for Loyal, Martin, Ben Spencer, two on one in the box. Someone needs to score in that moment. Uh, Martin ends up not passing, puts a shot on. Um, Shannon McMillan points out great goalkeeping, able to get a foot up, um, really like positioning of the goalkeeper in that moment thought she uh she thought that the goalie took a lot away from ben spencer but for me when i was watching it it was a two-on-one opportunity colin martin decided to shoot um goalie gets a foot to it it goes wide and it's just another moment for loyal last night where you're like god like are you are you going to score like how when will this come when will the goal come and then about 10 minutes later orange county gets this goal out of just absolutely nowhere and it just felt like everything left the stadium and there was nothing in the stadium to begin with because there's no fans there. You're kind of reminded it. I saw Nate Miller tweeted out um, one of the coaches for San Diego loyal after the loss, like we really missed the fans last night and you always miss the fans, but I actually think he's, he's especially right because I don't know if they, if you could have made the difference in the first half to keep loyal going and keep motivating, keep shooting. And eventually one goes in, but I really felt like Loyal needed the fans, especially after Orange County scored because it was such a deflating moment and they needed someone to pick them up. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I, from two different vantage points, we were communicating back and forth via text message. We, we said almost the same thing simultaneously in text to each other where it felt like so much, it just felt like so much energy left the building. And that's in a low scoring sport like soccer, like that's, where it comes from. It comes from your supporter section. It comes from the recognition of thousands of people telling you, keep going, keep going. We're with you. Right. Like that's what we see. And and obviously that's just not possible right now, but I agree with everything you said, you know, because the first half Landon Donovan could legitimately, as he told you, he can look to his squad and he could say, guys, you killed them. You killed them. Like, like 10, four shots, three shots on target. Really, really good saves from Frederick Dew, who had to be the man of the match for Orange County. You killed them in possession, which you knew they were going to do anyway. They were taking corner kick after corner kick after corner kick. I mean, this was in total control for SD Loyal. 
and keep your confidence up. It's coming. And they came out of the gate and they get that opportunity. And you're right. You know, we talked about it on the post-match show. Amani Walker joined us. I hope everybody had a chance to, to listen to Amani with us. He was great. And we asked him as a former professional soccer player, like, does that creep into your mind that missed opportunities are going to come back and bite you? He said, that's the, men- the mental challenge of the sport is, is being mentally tough and strong and making sure that it doesn't, hey, keep creating chances. But I do think you're right. Maybe the best of all the chances was Colin Martin and Ben Spencer. I mean, I, I can't I, – I, could you have passed that to Ben Spencer? I suppose – I had no issue with Colin Martin taking that shot. Obviously, you got to give credit to the Orange County keeper who really just by a spike on his cleat ended up making that safe. But it, I'm with you. It didn't take long then for one thing, for all those things, right? Like, is it going to come back to bite us? Okay, put it out of your mind. Is it going to come back to bite us? Put it out of your mind. And then one thing goes wrong, and it feels like, geez, man, we've had so many opportunities where we could have really, really taken control of this match. With goals, we couldn't do it. They get one fluky flick on off the head of a loyal player, and it just changed the whole dynamic of the match. Yeah, so uh, the trend continues, and the bit, one of the big stories for Loyal uh, is the offense. The last time Loyal have scored a goal, Irvin Parr scored the winner against Vegas back on July 25th. Um, since then, three matches, one of which was postponed in Las Vegas, um, but a home match against Sacramento, nil-nil, and then last night, um, against Orange County, 2-0 the final. So you're, you're looking for offense. Offense, clearly an issue right now because you're not scoring. It's the name of the game. Um, what Landon Donovan, and we'll get to this audio here shortly, uh, speaking with Landon at halftime, he talked about how great the first half was, creating chances. Obviously not scoring, but creating chances. And, and he's happy. He would be concerned if they weren't creating chances. Um, so last night, I thought there was – a positive takeaway with that. But I do have a concern with when we talk about the offense with Ben Spencer up front, because I think chances are being created, but I haven't seen a lot of chances being created by Ben Spencer or for Ben Spencer. And it goes back again to that 51st minute Spencer Martin two on one in the box. I mean, it's, it's not all coming down to this moment. It's like, why didn't he pass to Ben Spencer, but two matches in only two matches in you've seen, You've seen no goals. You haven't seen a lot of opportunities. You could chalk it up to a very physical game against Sacramento, who is a very good club. And you could say Michael Orozco's on the other side last night, a very good defender, the captain for Orange County, played for Club Tijuana, played for the U.S. men's national team, Gold Cup winner, great resume, very good. But for me, it, it just – there were so many moments where it felt like Loyal were missing a player – and you're really missing offense right now. And that is something that Landon needs to address, especially this week going to Phoenix, where you know Rising are going to score several goals. Yeah, and they are missing a player. They're missing Irvin Para. You know, I can't imagine for the life of me, and this is speculation, that if Irvin Para was capable of giving you 90 minutes, that he wouldn't be starting with Tumi Moshibani. I can't imagine that that wouldn't be the case. For those that watch the match or will watch the highlights, you notice that Irvin Para is still – uh, wearing a brace on his right knee. I'm sure you've noticed that, Jordan, as have I. So, you know, there's something there. We don't expect them to divulge every last bit of information, even for us, you know, as we're sort of with them somewhat on the inside. You know, uh, if he could go 90 minutes, my guess would be he would go 90 minutes. Now, then the question becomes, well, why Ben Spencer? Why not um, 
now. Uh, I don't know. Francis Atuahene. Why, why not another? Why not Colin Martin up top? Like, what, what is What are we missing here with Ben Spencer? And I agree with you. He, we need more. You know, they need more. And I, I don't see it. I mean, I think that there's something there that seems just a step slow with him. I think that there were um, some opportunities for him to be in a better position. Again, I will defer to the coaches and let them analyze the tape. When I've asked about Ben Spencer, what I've been told is he does a lot of the things that don't show up, but he helps us win games. Well, you know, now the last couple of times out, they haven't won those games. So I don't know that we can use that logic here for him. And this is dependent all on him. Hey, sometimes you just got to say their keeper was really good and had a really, really good night and changed the dynamic of the match. But you're right. When you're playing Orange County Soccer Club and you're playing Phoenix Rising this week, you need more. You know, this is a results-based business. And I think especially for that position, Jordan, I need somebody who's going to create a little bit of havoc on the opposing defenders, who's going to put shots on target, who is going to create pressure, and I just haven't seen that. Now, maybe what the coaching staff likes is that Ben Spencer plays well with Tumi Moshabani, and they want to get Tumi in there, and they don't know that Tumi and Francis Atuahede are a great combo together up top. And I can understand that, that you don't have a perfect combination of forwards. We talked about this last night with Amani that this is a little bit of a puzzle to try to figure out who you're going to pair with whom up top. And there's something about Toomey and Francis Atuahene not being a perfect match, but what you're doing now and, and having him out there and playing these kind of minutes, hey, this is seven matches in, you know? Like, like we're sort of getting to the point of the season now where you're only looking at quality ahead of you on your fixtures with, Phoenix and Orange County and Reno. So uh, I, I don't know what to do on Saturday, but uh, this, this to me feels like it's got to get better at that spot specifically. Yeah. And it's easy for you and I to jump on here again, Sacramento, Orange County, good opponents, good, strong opponents. I just haven't seen a lot of chances being created from that position in these last two matches. Uh, you're not even really getting more than a shot per half. Um, so, and if that shot is likely not even on target, so, again, small sample size. We'll see. Uh, to Phoenix, I think Landon does have a huge question to answer this week, and that is, do you start Ben Spencer once again? Now, does, is it easier? Like, does, is Para available to start this weekend? Does something change there? I don't know. Does Spencer automatically go right back into the starting 11? Does Landon try to get creative? Does he put someone up front? We've seen him do it before. We saw Greenspan playing up front at one moment in this season. So anything could really happen up front, especially with the way it started. No one has just taken the reins and said, I am the clear goal scorer of this club. So you can get creative right now. Um, so we'll see. I think Landon has a huge, huge question to answer here in the next couple of days. And it's a tough test this weekend in Phoenix, clearly. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, you're not going there to, to – you can go and say that your approach is to, you know, sit back and try to walk out of there with a draw. But Phoenix will ruin that plan real quick. I mean, this is a club last season – I mean – we could look at what they're doing this year. They've got all of the shots in the USL. They're scoring all of the goals. And it's really no surprise if you look at what they did last year. They had the league MVP, the golden boat winner. They had the leader in assists in the league. They had the coach of the year. Like, you know, this is – they went on a 20-match unbeaten streak. Like, this is Phoenix rising. And, you know, they invest. And it's going to be hot. 
uh, out there at Casino Arizona Field at 7.30. Pre-match show, by the way, starts at 7 o'clock, live from Stone in Liberty Station. But, uh, yeah, like, they, you know, I, I, you're not likely to go in there and expect to walk away nil-nil the way you did against Sacramento. So, And even last night, not that we want to get wrapped up too much in, in formations, because Jordan and I talked about it a little bit before we started recording. You know, it was described as a 3-4-3 last night, three on the back, as has been the case all year, four in the midfielder with Colin Martin moving up top. And maybe that was part of the reason why we saw such a better-looking offensive attacking side in the first half. Now, again, uh, I'll leave that to the, the, to the tacticians. And we know formations change depending on whether you have the ball or don't have the ball, right? But uh, even still, maybe something subtle like that that happened where it was described as a different formation, maybe that, that gave them something to, to be happy about with regards to how they played there in the first half and for about 10 minutes of the second half. Yeah. Um, a few other notes that I wrote down from the match last night, and we do have audio to get to. Let's uh, we'll get to Landon audio audio here, and uh, Jack Metcalf joined us on the post match show, so we'll play that guy. for you as well. What a guy that really Jack good. Metcalf is, huh? Love the accent, love yeah, the accent, uh, and he he took some beers with him. Jack Metcalf and I, we go to uh, get our hair cut at the same exact place. That's what we were talking about before the we went live on Facebook last night on SD Loyal Facebook. We go to the same place to get our haircut, same stylists. And Jordan joked that I go in there and I ask for the Jack Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have like, uh, you guys are pretty similar. Yeah, I'm woofing a little same, bit, man. Uh, color eyes. You guys are going to the same I barber. I don't love the way I look on uh, that camera with this hair, man. I, I need to go find a prohibition haircut somewhere. <laughs> um, a, few, a few notes here before we get to that audio. <laughs> Orange County, uh, Orange County should have probably had the lead about five minutes in when they hit True. the post. Clemente Stoneman, they bump into each other, um, and it throws Stoneman off just a beat, and that was the difference to put Orange County out in front on that breakaway. And fortunately for San Diego, they hit the post. That could have been one nothing almost right away. Um, Very fair. Then after that, I, I think Orange County, um, they were. I mean, they were pressing early. Like, the first 10 minutes was high intensity. They were running. They were not sitting back. They weren't easing into the match at all. Like, they were aggressive. And then they started to ease in a little bit, and San Diego took over possession. And that's when we saw the chances. I saw – I mean, it felt like a bunch more crosses last night. Um, it seemed like something they focused on. Metcalf to Toomey was really good. That combination, I thought, really good into the box. I thought Alvarez had a really good moment. His rocket of a shot – Really good save from Orange County. Like that was that had some MPH behind it. Like that was a good, good, good shot. I, I thought Loyal deserved at least one goal in the first half. I thought they were unlucky to go scoreless last night. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we we have to start coming up with a list of uh, men of the match candidates, and like we started jotting down like early on through the first twenty minutes. You know, you sort of want to keep tabs, right? Because you don't want to just say, "Well, something happened in the second half, and therefore this guy." And we were, uh, we were in agreement through the first 20, 25 minutes or so. We had Carlos Alvarez as, as you know, our guests up there as we're just preparing to put something out there for the fans to vote on, right? But, uh, yeah, he was, he was really, really good early on. And, again, agree with everything you said. Yeah, so scoreless going into halftime. Let's get to the audio here with Landon. I, I started with his initial thoughts 
from the first half. Uh, honestly, we can't play really a better first half than that. So um, we created probably four or five really good chances. You know, we just got to reward ourselves. I mean, the guys, they deserve to score and they need to hit the net. Uh, is it what you expected from Orange County, their approach? Yeah, exactly, and we've worn them down quite a bit. Um, so hopefully the second half we can turn it on a little bit and, and, and crack them. So 65% possession. How do you turn it into goals for the second half? Well, I'd be concerned and I have been concerned when we didn't create chances. Um, we created a ton of chances. So now it's just, you know, this might be a good game for Irvin to come into and get in front of the goal and make a difference. All right. So I think one of the most notable things he says there, Darren, is the fact that they couldn't play a better first half. Like they couldn't create more chances. Like that was pretty much as good as it gets for San Diego in the first half without scoring a goal. Four to five really, really good chances. But you got to reward yourselves. And I mean, we could say it over and over again. You got to score the goal. They deserve to score. I thought they did it. Um, he also said that's kind of what he expected from Orange County, um, that San Diego thought they would be able to win the possession battle um, and take that approach against Orange County. They were concerned with the counterattacking, um, which Metcalf brought up a few times last night on the post-match show. But the thing that he finished with there is that uh, he thought it would be a good match for Urban Parr to come in and get in – get into the box and, and make a difference. And that's what you were kind of hoping for. As soon as Para checks in after an hour of Ben Spencer, um, you're, you're kind of hoping for what happened against Las Vegas. Like Para comes in and makes an instant impact. Um, unfortunately, it did not happen last night. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I'm pretty sure that Para came in at the same time that Orange County scored – if I remember correctly, because I know that was a real mess for the poor PA announcer last night, that there were so many <laughs> who had one very notable goof off on the microphone. Poor, uh, I apologize to Cameron Palmer of Orange County, who was incorrectly identified as Cameron Parker. My apologies. <laughs> I should have that PA announcer fired immediately. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, like that's when that all sort of happened, right? I mean, wasn't that the same stuff? Yeah, Paro was ready to come in. <clears throat> yeah, so it was Sean Oakley scoring for Orange County on that weird play, and then it was Para coming on at the same time. So it sort of was like, oh, you know, whereas you're excited where you think, hey, okay, like keep going now. Like, you know, there's been a little bit of a dip, and we know there's been a million opportunities but here comes Urban Parr, and there's going to be new energy, and there's going to be new life. And, and it was right then when the goal was scored. So, yeah, like all those things sort of happened simultaneously, and it just became this weird cocktail of, of uh, uh, conflicting emotions of here comes Parra. He's going to go stand in front of the net. He's going to be able to get one home. You know, they've played really, really well. This is what they need right now. You know, this is the guy who they think they're going to get a bunch of goals from. And then, you know, they give that up, and it's like, oh, like, what do we do? Like, what happened here? You know, yeah. it was I've just like this like weird flurry of, of like, what, 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 what? Yeah, and it changed everything. And Orange County had so many chances last night. Like, of all the, of all the moments to actually score the first goal, that was the moment. Like, it was just this yeah. long pass from the back line. Um, I could not waiting tell. to come on. I mean, he's standing there waiting to come on right. when the goal was scored. Yeah. And then it gets headed by San Diego, flicked forward. I mean, just a perfect pass. Not, not on purpose, clearly. It's a better pass than Orange County could have done. 
By the way, can uh, I just say chances. one thing real quick? I mean, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, I, I just don't, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to make sure that this point is understood as well. Like I, I thought that Loyal absolutely outplayed Orange County, but I will say this was also a really, really good match, like across the board. It's not that Orange County was shit. They were not. It's just that Loyal was really, really good and the best that we've seen them play. So, I mean, I think you would agree. Like this was a really, really good match to watch. Like it was a fun match. We talked a little bit about the difference between last night and the match against Sacramento. Sacramento, I think you and I said, it was like a rock fight where everybody was just sliding into each other and there's seven, eight yellow cards. And what's going on with the referees? Like, this was really a very, very entertaining match to watch, just a disappointing result. So, hey, Orange County, I, I, I think the disappointment comes from going toe-to-toe with one of the best clubs in the league and coming up short the way Loyal did. But it was a really good match to watch across the board. Yeah, I mean, you you can take the basic approach and say, all right, it's a 2-0 loss and no one in the stands. Like, that's not a lot of fun. But that Torreira would have been rocking last night. Like, Torreira yeah. would have absolutely been rocking last night. Yeah, so. they would have recognized that there was quality. Like, that was a really, really good matchup for the two sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, and that goal in the 65th minute, a deflating moment, and that's a moment that you really want the supporters group behind you kind of lifting you back up. 84th minute later, it's a rocket, a great goal, just a rocket of a goal. It ends it. Um, it makes it 2 nothing Orange County. Um, here's uh, Jack Metcalf, his initial thoughts following the match after a 2-0 loss to Orange County. Um, you know what? In, in general play, I thought we, uh, we, we control the game pretty well. Um, we had some, some big chances early on. Um, and you know it's it's disappointing not to not to uh, capitalize on those, but I thought we did a pretty good job. But look, Orange County are, are, are a good team, and um, if you if you don't punish them, then you know they're really really effective on the counter attack. And I thought you know they did a really good job of of, uh, of threatening that at times. And then obviously they they get one ball over the top, they capitalize on it, and then you know the second goal we're pushing we're pushing to try and equalize and. and you know, they get down the field and score again. So tough, tough night. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to lose in this sport. Mm. And this is really amongst the most frustrating yep. when you really feel like you're dominating a match, mm-hmm. especially through 60 minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, a little bit of unluck, you know, a little bit of, of bad luck, a little bit, nothing against them, nothing taken away from them, but uh, give up a fluky goal. And, and then all of a sudden it just becomes a totally different match. Yeah. Look, and you, you, you're spot on. There's a lot of ways to lose. And that's what makes the, the game amazing but it's it's also it's also when you're on the flip side it's uh it's it's pretty tough to take but you know for for us we're such a young club we've got to take the positives you know they've been around for a while been been pretty successful so i think you know we take the positives we've got a big game game on saturday against phoenix and you know i think uh we've shown that you know we're more than capable of, of beating sides like this you know we've just got to capitalize on our chances and we'll, we'll be in a good position you uh bring up phoenix coming up this weekend you're going to need to have offense when you play phoenix they're obviously known for their goals mm-hmm. how close do you feel loyal are to producing offense and finding the back of the net we're right there um i think i think everybody that's that's been watching watching our games knows we're right there you know we had three or four really big chances tonight um you know keeper makes a really good save we're offside on one um you know, early, early to me, you know, a couple of real big defensive plays from their team too. So we're right there. Um, you know, I talked about it this week. We've all seen it in practice. We've seen it in exhibition games. We've seen it early on in the season. So I just think it's, uh, it's about, you know, keep creating those chances. And, and look, if we weren't creating those chances, uh, that would be a different story. But we are creating those chances. So the goals are going to come. Um, it's just about, it's just about uh, 
sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, uh, as you said, Phoenix on Saturday. So yeah. you guys don't have a lot of time to sit around yeah. and, and think about this one. I mean, how mm -hmm. quickly now for you guys take us inside of SD Loyal, how you guys are wired? How soon do you start saying, hey, listen, it's all about Phoenix Saturday night? Straight away. I think, um, you know, all focus was on Orange County. We didn't look at Phoenix at all. Um, you know, coming into this week, everything was on Orange County. But I think, you know, we'll 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 look at tonight we'll get over this go over the tough loss but, but we'll be right back to work tomorrow and uh, when we'll be preparing for phoenix and you know look this is a sprint we've got nine games left um and it's all about picking up three points so um yeah saturday's gonna be a big one all right so we uh it's the first time we've had jack metcalf join us on the post-match show that was a uh, good insight he's looking forward to phoenix this weekend darren and uh as always win lose uh you drink the bruise and he did grab a couple of bombers with him that he took back there to his teammates so thank you to jack metcalf yeah i'm looking forward to it uh you want to see how you stack up we talked a lot about power rankings reminding everybody to Take your power rankings with a grain of salt. But Orange County, according to the league's official website, perhaps the second best team in the USL. Well, number three, Phoenix Rising, who can put four or five goals on you in the blink of an eye. Just ask New Mexico United from last Saturday. So no time to sit around and feel sorry for yourself because you were a little bit unlucky against Orange County. And uh, if you woulda, coulda, and if this had and if no time for that because you spend too much time sitting around thinking what went wrong or what you could have done differently against Orange County. And guess what? You're going to have a real mess on your hands against Phoenix Rising Saturday night. Yeah. So uh, not a lot of time to think about it. They uh, head to the desert. It's going to be hot. They, they kick off at 730. They kick off as, as late as possible in the desert just to avoid as much heat as possible. So 730, 7 o'clock pre-match show on a Loyal's Facebook page. I think we got to mostly everything I wanted to get to from last night, Darren. We got to Landon's audio. We heard from Metcalf, who was chosen as the man of the match for Loyal, obviously, man of the match after a loss, but it's, it is a fan vote, and Metcalf was voted the most impactful for Loyal last night, so we do appreciate him joining us. And then, obviously, the raccoon story to – to start things off. So I think we, uh, we got to everything I needed to. Yeah. I mean, do you want to spend a minute on uh, Jake Fenlison in goal last night and what we were told was, was wedding. <laughs> yeah, me too. That is very bizarre. John Kempen was uh, not available for SD loyal. So Jake Fenlison, who started the inaugural match, who faced his very first shot as SD loyal keeper, like two seconds in to his career <laughs> when Las Vegas lights just came out bombing from the opening whistle. He uh, got married on Sunday. And if you remember, Loyal was scheduled to play Saturday night in Las Vegas and then immediately get on the buses after the match. So what would have been 30, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, somewhere in that range after you shower and get some sort of treatment and then get on a bus and then drive back six, seven hours. He got married on Sunday. And what is told, his wife is, is uh, set for nursing school. So I don't know that they were uh, under a little bit of a time crunch here to get it done. But he got married on Sunday, and there he was in that on Wednesday night for SD Lyle. How about that? Very cool. Very exciting week for him, and congrats to him. I'm like, I want to fantastic I so in that purple of, shirt. Oh, I love it. They just taunt us by leaving that purple jersey on the set every single time. You know how quickly – you see how quickly they went and scooped up that purple jersey? I made one joke on the pre-match show that it was coming home with me, and they scooped that thing up quickly in the post-match. 
<laughs> well, you can say they're taunting us. I think they're tempting us. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> a good point. Can I, is it available? I want to know if that kid's available. Oh, yeah. I mean, he and him being in the position where, you know, a club that had yet to allow multiple goals, he's in that. I don't know that there's a direct link there. You know, maybe, maybe could, have, could he have done more on the first goal? Maybe. But I think that all in all, that was just a kind of night it was at Torero Stadium. Yeah. So uh, first place still on the line this weekend in Phoenix. We'll see what happens there. Phoenix wins. They stay yeah. on top of the group. If San Diego wins this weekend, they'll be uh, – Top of Group B once again. Most difficult group. Most difficult yeah. group, if you ask but, me. Th- but, you know, the matches, though, Jordan, that's where you got to start looking at it. Because, yes, like we said, that is sort of a silver lining, right? Like you pick up three points, you have 14 points, you're on top of Group B, but it will also have been your eighth match compared to Phoenix's seventh. LA Galaxy has nine points. They've only played four times. Orange County has eight points. They've played four times. Lights, mm-hmm. you know, probably in the rearview mirror at this point. So, you know, you sort of got to start thinking about also, hey, like this is going to be uh, the eighth. Uh, you're halfway through the season after, after Saturday night. Right. Yeah. It's almost, almost done. Almost done. Just like Champions League, Darren. Barcelona, Bayern Munich on Friday. <laughs> I love this it. thing up. I can't believe PSG is still freaking alive in this. I know. I mean, listen, it's a single elimination. It's a one-off match, so anything could happen. I mean, I feel, I feel like Bayern's the better side, but when you have Messi in a one-off, and maybe, maybe here we go again with Dembele being available, <laughs> and Suarez, who's had some really, really big moments, you never know what will happen here. It's a lot different. At least I know this. Barca will not crater in the second leg away. At least I feel good about that. I don't know that they'll win on Friday, but uh, maybe we'll see everybody down at Serrano's since they're physically distanced outside and serving a couple of cervezas on a Friday afternoon. We'll see what happens. And I say this also, I kind of like the CBS. I really like CBS and its studio show, but Hey, like how about put these matches actually on television so we could fucking watch them. I mean, I think that's a good idea. I mean, a television network, you think you'd want to make it available on television, but hey, what a, <laughs> who am I to judge? Dude, yeah. I thought I would uh, at least get the Univision broadcast on YouTube TV. I don't even get that. It sucks. So I'm over two now. I don't even get it in Spanish. Same. I'm a YouTube TV guy also. What am I, and I got to sign up for this thing? I mean, listen, I'm trying to watch it while I'm doing a radio show and talking about a whole bunch of things that you know, I kind of sort of care about sometimes. But, I mean, the least you could do is make this thing available for me since I'm sitting here Darren. paying you guys compliments. Yeah, well, well I'm going to go ahead and eliminate them as a potential sponsor right now. Like, CBS, <laughs> that all-access app sucks. I'm telling you. It is – it's not – I had it for like a month, a year ago. And all it is is the same shit you get on CBS. They're just like, hey, are you willing to give us 10 bucks a month to get the same stuff we already give you? Oh, you are? Okay, here you go. But now they've tied in Champions League, so it's a little bit different. But yeah. for like what you get, at least with ESPN Plus, you're getting access to a bunch of leagues and broadcasts at all time. They're on demand. You get documentaries. Like they actually make it worth your money, I think, for ESPN Plus. Um, but the all access thing sucks. Yeah, I mean, and what's the alternative here? I mean, are you guys that committed to showing us Tiki and Tierney in the middle of the fucking day? A show that's on tape delay that's already been recorded. I mean, we have to watch that. You can't put on Neymar. You can't give us Champions League. 
It's kind of an important thing around the world here, but I will say their studio show. Wow. Night and day better than that garbage that we were suffering through at Turner. I mean, at least we actually have football players there. Like that's, that's pretty important. That feels like it's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, about a couple of whiny Tottenham fans. Uh, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> That's right. I said it. I've said my bit on all access. It sucks. I've, I can't. I'm so. Although the pre, although the coverage wasn't great with Turner, like at least they, at least yes. you could watch it. Yeah, at least they made at least it available. You could watch it. Yeah, Good point. Touche. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was garbage, but it was at least watchable. Yeah, it was available garbage, but. <laughs> All right. I don't have anything else on my list. Do you have anything else on yours? No. Saturday night, seven o'clock. SD Loyal Facebook page. Be there. Okay. I'll see you down there. Drinks on me. <laughs>